Play the movie. Yeah, play. everybody and thank you for tuning into the 32nd episode of the milk movies podcast today if you didn't already read the title i have my first ever movie ranking as opposed to i'm still going to be reviewing the movies that i'm ranking uh just giving a little quick i guess 25 word summary somewhere in that ballpark i'll get into it more later but excited to talk about that Uh, i've got a netflix review we got something on demand to talk about as well so uh, a little actually we got four movies from blumhouse those are the ones that I'm going to be ranking. Uh, we got the Netflix movie and Love and Monsters. So this is going to be the highest number of movies that I'm actually talking about on an episode before. So kind of looking forward to something a little bit different. Spoiler alert, next week, I'm kind of leaning toward just dropping it back down to two movies, like I said, I'd be doing during football season. So that's that. Like I said, I'll get into it more later. News to start with, as always, and as is tradition at this point, we are starting with Marvel news. Rumors of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire joining the cast of Spider-Man 3 continue to heat up, but nothing has been confirmed. I tweeted something out last week, just said it was a rumor, but I tweeted something out saying that they have officially signed up or signed on to join the cast of Spider-Man 3, but nothing has been confirmed. So I basically tweeted out exactly what I just said, but since that time, a Sony representative has come in and said, not true, not the case. They have not signed on. They confirmed that it has not been confirmed. So, that kind of sucks. But, what's exciting is that filming has begun. And a teaser is expected to release before the end of the year. If I want to give myself a heart attack and just freak out about a movie that I really don't know that much about, but I also know everything about And then by the end of the year, I'm going to be very impatient about having to wait a whole another year. If the teaser that we get by the end of the year is basically just like everybody in their suit, we get to see Andrew Garfield in the suit. We get to see Tobey Maguire in his suit. We get to see Tom Holland in his suit. Maybe we get to see Tom Hardy as like whatever we get to see, Assuming that it's a, I mean, it's Marvel, so I trust that it's going to be a worthwhile teaser, but man, do they have a lot to tease. They have a lot that they can do, a lot to work with. More than that, something else that could be built into this teaser, this broke last week, uh, although it's still kind of speculation, it's still a rumor. Miles Morales, if you're familiar with that character, I believe he does have his own comic book series. He is... um, pretty much a primary character in the Spider-Man video game that's out right now. Uh, We have the main Spider-Man game, and then he's getting his own version uh, for next gen and whatnot. But Miles Morales does appear to be coming to the MCU as Marvel has reportedly found who they want to cast in the role. But again, nothing has officially been confirmed. Outside of that too, like I said, it's already speculation that he is coming to the MCU. uh, And then we are unsure whether he'll be joining Spider-Man 3 uh, as a like a, in a main role, if he'll be coming in as uh, you know in the end credits, and they're like, hey, we have more Spider Men. No idea, but really cool news again surrounding Marvel and specifically Spider Man Three. Uh, just a lot, a lot to like about that movie. Ton of rumors heating up. I'm gonna get more excited than I probably should until I actually get to see the movie. Next up, a lot of casting 
uh, calls this past week. A lot of really good ones, though. We'll kick it off with probably uh, some of the best. Anya Taylor-Joy has been cast as Furiosa in the Mad Max spinoff based on the character. If you are familiar with Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road, she was uh, portrayed by Charlize Theron. Now, Anya Taylor-Joy will be taking over the role in, really, just a movie about Furiosa, her backstory, like an origin story. Uh, Starring alongside her will be Chris Hemsworth and Yahya Abdul-Mateen. So, really great names to attach to a movie that I think a lot of people were a little bit concerned about. People want to know more about Furiosa. They want to be more uh, involved in this Mad Max world, dare I say universe. Um, But it's good stuff. George Miller will be directing, so I'm sure... Uh, That's kind of a relief to a lot of people. It's likely, I am speculating here, it's likely that we'll get to see what happened to her arm and how the world continued to devolve into what it has become. Um, But for sure, the story will track the genesis of Furiosa before she teamed up with Max. Kind of vague, but gotta think. We're gonna see what happened to her arm and then again, how the world continued to devolve to what it has become. So cool stuff. I really like Anya Taylor-Joy. She's been in a few movies, namely The New Mutants, where she's fantastic and maybe she just doesn't have a ton to work with outside of her. Uh, But hopefully, I would tend to think that this is going to be something really awesome and she's going to be able to kind of flex on people and say, like, I'm I'm really good at this. Uh, Next up, again, more castings. Joaquin Phoenix to portray the French military leader Napoleon in the Ridley Scott-directed film Kit Bag. The film looks at Napoleon's origins and his climb to emperor with the intention of capturing Napoleon's battles, ambition, and strategic mind from the perspective of his wife. Really interesting stuff here. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Ridley Scott are teaming up after, what, I think the last time they worked together would have been in Gladiator back in 2020, and even then, Joaquin Phoenix wasn't the main character. Uh, But I really like this. Kit Bag by the way, I have the definition of it here, a rectangular canvas bag used especially for carrying a soldier's clothes and personal possessions. Uh, So I would tend to think maybe this is referring to his wife or a secondary perspective, the perspective of someone or something attached to them, the carrying maybe all this extra weight. I don't know. I'm just maybe making stuff up here. But if I remember correctly, when I was reading the story, it did say something about kit bag, um, meaning more than, obviously, this main definition here. But either way, Walking Phoenix playing Napoleon, I really like that take. Ridley Scott directing, really like that. And then again, if it's going to focus on maybe his whole life story, but from a different perspective other than his own, really interested to see what Ridley Scott is able to do there and Joaquin Phoenix in a pretty big-time role. Moving on to something that I may have said the Anya Taylor-Joy news was the biggest. That is... Man, I don't even know if that, that, that pales in comparison to this or something, but depending on how familiar you are with Adam McKay, we got some big news here. Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, and Himesh Patel joined the cast of Adam McKay's Don't Look Up from Netflix. Great cast there, but guess what? I'm not done. We have more people attached to this movie. Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, and Rob Morgan have already been cast. I'm not done yet. Other cameos include Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, and Matthew Perry from Friends. 
I don't know what Adam McKay is cooking up here. Again, if you're not familiar with Adam McKay, just think of every good Will Ferrell movie, Anchorman, The Other Guys, uh, Step Brothers, any good movie that Will Ferrell has been a part of, for the most part, Adam McKay, it's he's the reason that it was so good. Really like this. Really, really like this. Uh, Netflix, I have gone over it a million times on here. I don't always trust the things that Netflix puts together. There's a big, big, big difference. And this goes for any streaming service. This isn't just a Netflix problem. When it comes to a streaming service creating their own content, I'll say from scratch, those are the times where it, it's it's just not that great. When they buy something from a studio and it just happens to release on their platform, completely different. That's, that's not something where you can necessarily give uh, the streaming provider credit. Obviously, they have the money and they believe that a movie or show or whatever they're buying is going to be successful enough that they want it on, that, on their platform. And if they get it and it's good, it obviously looks good on them. But that's that. I guess I kind of lost track of where I was going with it. This movie looks, it sounds great. I don't know anything about it. I just like everybody that's in it. And I, at some point, that's kind of all that it takes. Again, Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Himesh Patel, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, and Matthew Perry. A lot of really awesome names. Adam McKay, uh, mostly in a producer role for things too. Should mention that. Produced a lot. Uh, but director role here, really like that. Good for you, Adam McKay. Next up, not a casting thing, just a movie that's coming to streaming again. Coming to America, and that is coming the number two, America, and it will release on Amazon Prime December 18th. Uh, this is the Eddie Murphy sequel. We have, we really don't know a lot about this. We haven't heard anything. We haven't really seen anything. Uh, this is really the only news that's come out in a while since I think one picture leaked of Eddie Murphy in costume. Uh, but a synopsis for this 1988 sequel, Akeem learns he has a long-lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet the unlikely heir to the throne of Zamunda. That's it. I I guess I'm looking forward to it. I I don't know. I, I, I guess it just it's kind of worrisome that we've heard so little about it and we're two months away. Not every movie promotes itself, uh, you know, way ahead. But you gotta think, like, is this... I don't know. I am just a little bit worried that this is gonna be kind of one of those weird sequels, or maybe it's a pleasant surprise. And I had this trailer, because we're transitioning to trailers now, I had this trailer listed last, because the trailer came out at the end of the week. Again, I always try to kind of go in order from just Monday through Friday as the events unfold. But going off of things where they're not really promoting themselves a lot, with a, a little bit of time left before they're supposed to release, The Empty Man. The Empty Man is a movie title that I have been seeing on the release calendar for a while, and I didn't know anything about it. It's coming to theaters this Friday, and we just got the first trailer for it. The synopsis for The Empty Man. On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. That's not a great synopsis, because if you watch the trailer, all you really need to know is that the empty man gets summoned whenever you find an empty bottle on a bridge 
blow into it, and call for him. I'm partially only saying this because I literally, I, I just watched the movie on Netflix the other day. If you have ever seen The Bye Bye Man, this trailer gives me big time Bye Bye Man vibes. And I don't like that. You give yourself kind of about a week of promotion. You don't have a good trailer. It doesn't seem like a great premise. I I kind of want to see it because if it's going to be that bad, who doesn't love to see a really bad movie sometimes? But you, I mean, you got to think this movie is going to be rough. If you want to watch the trailer, go for it. Again, that's coming to theaters this Friday. The Empty Man, it's, 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 it's probably going to be really bad. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, now going back, backtracking a little bit to uh, the first trailer that released last week, Nine Days. Nine Days stars Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Benedict Wong, Tony Hale, and Bill Skarsgård. Uh, nine, nine Days looks good. And it it's it's really hard for me to put into words exactly what to expect from it. It just looks like a good... Uh, what is and why is life kind of movie. The synopsis for it, a reclusive man conducts a series of interviews with human souls for a chance to be born. There's no release date set for it yet. Uh, It seems like it's expected to release this year. It has been playing at festivals throughout the course of 2020. Uh, I don't know if it was supposed to release at an earlier date, uh, but again, it's been at festivals since January. Uh, So again, expecting that to come in 2020, especially if they're already promoting it. But like I was saying, uh, Winston Duke is the one conducting those interviews. And it seems like it's going to be kind of about the meaning of life. It's nine days to kind of uh, understand the meaning of life and I guess, quote unquote, using their own words, be born. I could be a little bit wrong on that, but that's kind of what I got from the trailer. It just looks like a good movie. I don't, it's not, it's probably not going to be for everybody. I don't know what else to say. I just think Nine Days is going to be a good movie. Don't know if you're going to be recommending it to people. Don't know if you're going to fall in love with it. I believe it's got pretty decent scores so far from early uh, critic reviews, but it's it for Nine Days. It's got a great cast. Seems like a decent story. I'll buy it. Uh, next up is Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter, I think, is somewhere between Nine Days and The Empty Man. The Empty Man, I'm expecting like a single-digit score. Bad. Nine Days, uh, again, it's I think it's in like the 80s so far for early reviews. Monster Hunter is probably going to be kind of smack dab in the middle, somewhere between the 40 and 50 range. Monster Hunter is coming to theaters December 30th. The synopsis for Monster Hunter, when Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle for survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers. This is based on the video game by Capcom. Uh, I believe that people really like the video game. I am not familiar with it so much myself. If you are familiar with King Kong, uh, what was it, King of the Monsters? I believe that's what came out last year. For me, that movie worked half the time. I love those Godzilla movies. And I don't, I don't want to say I love them. The first one I thought was really good. The second one dropped off a little bit. And the reason why is because the human side of things uh, was terrible. Like, it's just bad. It's, it's just bad. The monster side of things, which is what 
I mean, that's what you're going to see the movie for. Really good. Like, it looks good. The fighting is cool. It sounds amazing. Like, it's just really awesome. That's what you're going to the movie for. So, some, like, at some point, it's all that matters. With Monster Hunter, it seems like they actually put a lot of time and money and effort into getting the monsters right. Specifically from the trailer, the people side looks horrendous. The dialogue seems bad. Uh, the chemistry between characters seems like it's going to be clunky. It it seems like the story is not really going to try to drive anything. It's just like events that happen. The monsters look good. Like they look cool. They look like they're they're going to look as real as they can. That's kind of all I'm hoping for from this movie. I don't think I'm going to like it. I think it's going to be in like the 40s and 50s because the human side of things is going to drag it down so much. But hopefully the monster side is able to pick it up a little bit, pick up the slack, uh, and bring it up a few notches. But we'll see. Again, Monster Hunter coming December 30th. That's it for news for the most part. Next week, we got some pretty decent... Well, I don't want to say we got decent movies coming out. I think there's one movie that's coming out that's going to make it a good movie weekend. Sometimes that's all it takes. First up, though, is Rebecca. They'll be coming to Netflix this Wednesday. It is kind of a dark romantic mystery that stars Lily James and Army Hammer. It's a Netflix movie. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to be trying to review something that comes out on Netflix, depending on the theater situation. But I'll be talking about Rebecca on the podcast next week. Uh, next up is The Witches. And I'd gone back and forth before. I wasn't sure if I was going to be reviewing it or not. As of right now, I am not. But The Witches remake... It's coming to HBO Max this Thursday. That one stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, and Stanley Tucci. Over the Moon comes to Netflix this Friday. That is an animated family kind of music story. This would be that one out of ten movie from Netflix that I don't review because there's a chance I see it. But after I got got with Animal Crackers earlier this year, or a few weeks ago, a few months ago, whenever that was, I don't know what I was thinking, that I thought Animal Crackers would be with me on this more along the lines of despicable me where it is it is very much for children but like you can still enjoy it animal crackers was for toddlers and i i felt i felt pretty uh weird watching that for like half an hour and being like why am i watching this so over the moon again i think it's going to be geared toward a little bit of an older audience than toddlers hopefully so we'll see if i give that a chance or not not going to be reviewing it though but next up is Borat, subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make-benefit, once-glorious nation of Kazakhstan. That will be coming to Amazon Prime this Friday. It's Borat 2. He's just got a daughter now. That 100% talking about on the podcast next week. I believe the first Borat is on Amazon Prime right now as well, so if you have not seen that, or you just want to see it again before you see Borat 2, highly recommend it. I'm really looking forward to talking about that. I, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a good comedy. Hopefully this is able to follow through on that. Uh, but again, Rebecca, Borat, those are for sure the two movies I'm going to be talking about. We'll see if I throw in a third. Like I said, The Empty Man is coming to theaters this Friday. Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to see it at some point because I, I want it to be terrible, but we'll see. Probably not going to be talking about it again. Rebecca and Borat, for sure, on the podcast next week. Today, mentioned it at the top of the episode, the Blumhouse Movie Rankings from Amazon Prime. This is their 
Welcome to the Blumhouse series. They released two movies on October 6th, two more on October 13th, so I wanted to wait until all four were released so I could talk about all of them at the same time. So I will be ranking those, giving a short 25-word, give or take, summary of each one, ranking them from the worst one down to the best one. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm, I'm not going to say it in the review, I don't think. I'll just say it now. Those movies, as I kind of expected, are basically just four throwaway episodes of Black Mirror, if you're familiar with that show, Black Mirror, uh, but a little bit longer. They're just hour and a half versions of a Black Mirror episode, and I'll, I'll leave it at that before I actually get into the reviews. Next up, in my review segment, The Trial of the Chicago 7. That released on Netflix and the synopsis for it. The story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. Finally, last review, Love and Monsters, released on VOD over the weekend, synopsis for it. In a monster-infested world, Joel learns his girlfriend is just 80 miles away. To make the dangerous journey, Joel discovers his inner hero to be with the girl of his dreams. Without further ado, let's rank some movies. All right, we have our first ever Milk Movies ranking. As the Welcome to the Blumhouse series kicked off with Amazon Prime uh, at the beginning of this month, Context, representative in an article from Deadline, said this about the series, just to give you some context about maybe the mindset or mentality or motivation behind these movies. Each film presents a distinctive vision and unique perspective on common themes centered around family and love as redemptive or destructive forces. Let's begin. Coming in at number four, The Lie. The Lie is rated R, is directed by Vina Sud. It is categorized as a drama, horror, mystery, and thriller that runs one hour and 37 minutes long, and it stars Joey King, Peter Skarsgård, Muriel Enos, and Cas Envar. The Lie comes in at a 40% full on the milk meter. Remember, said I was going to be giving a quick 25 or so word summary on each movie. So, that summary for The Lie. While The Lie pulls you in with a dark and generally interesting story, it ends up spitting in your face by doing exactly what you expect it to by the end. Coming in at number three from the Welcome to the Blumhouse series, Evil Eye. Evil Eye is not rated. It was directed by... Elan and Rajiv Dasani. It is categorized as a horror, mystery, and thriller that runs one hour and 37 minutes, or excuse me, 30 minutes long. And it stars Sarita Shuduri, Sunita Mani, Omar Mascati, and Bernard White. Evil Eye comes in at a 45% full on the milk meter. A series of what are more or less basic coincidences concluded by a third act that doesn't sell you on anything that precedes it, ultimately fails the performances that made any part of Evil Eye actually work. Next up, number two from the Welcome to the Blumhouse series, Nocturne. Nocturne is also not rated. It is directed by Zoo Kirk. 
It is categorized as a horror, mystery, and thriller that runs one hour and 30 minutes as well. And it stars Sidney Sweeney, Madison Iceman, and Jacques Coleman. Nocturne comes in at a 49% full on the milk meter. Nocturne had a lot of potential, but failed to make you feel anything for its characters or its story by not developing any aspect of the movie as thoroughly as was necessary. And finally, the fourth and final movie in the Welcome to the Blumhouse series ranking, number one, Black Box. Black Box, of course, not rated. It is directed by Emmanuel Osei Kafour Jr. It is categorized as a horror, sci-fi, and thriller that runs one hour and 40 minutes long, and it stars Mamudu Athi, Amanda Christine, and Felicia Rashad. Black Box comes in at a 61% full on the milk meter. I may not have felt particularly attached to any of the characters in Black Box, but an interesting premise with solid execution carries the brunt of the weight for a decent watch. That's it for the Welcome to the Blumhouse series ranking, the inaugural one. Overall, my thoughts on this launch, on this series, I'm pretty indifferent toward it. The movies were not great. They were not a disaster. They weren't a waste. I didn't hate them. I would say uh, The Lie was not good. That's something going for a little bit, but overall, just did not like it. I would say that Evil Eye was decent. It just, I didn't really buy into anything that was happening. Nocturne didn't make you feel a thing. And I know I said that almost verbatim, but I just didn't feel anything. I liked kind of the groundwork that they set for everything. I maybe just think that an hour and 30 minutes, which is typically how long a Blumhouse movie will run, an hour and 30 minutes was just not enough to develop things as thoroughly as they needed to. Said that verbatim too. And finally, Black Box was decent. I I think of all of the ones that released in this little series, that was the most, as I mentioned before, the most like a Black Mirror episode. I just didn't love it, but it was still pretty good. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I don't have any complaints about it. It just... Again, with these movies, they give you a lot of surface-level stuff that you might like or you might not. I think the black box, the premise was good enough that you were able to buy into it. I'm looking forward to Blumhouse hopefully continuing something like this. I like this little series that they have going on. But we will see what they have in store for the future. Again, I will run back through it one more time for my rankings. Coming in at number four was The Lie, at 40% full on the milk meter. Evil Eye came in at a 45 percent full in the third spot. Number two was Nocturne at 49% full. And the best movie from this series that released was Black Box at a 61% full on the milk meter. Depending on how familiar you are with the events of this story, and depending on where you stand on the results of said events, I can understand people not being on the same page with their thoughts on how everything played out on screen. But looking at The Trial of the Chicago 7 as a pure movie, man oh man did Aaron Sorkin come through with some heavy and impactful work. The Trial of the Chicago 7 is rated R. It is directed, of course, by Aaron Sorkin. 
It is categorized as a drama, history, and thriller that runs two hours and ten minutes long, and it stars Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and many others. The Trial of the Chicago 7 comes in at a 93% full on the milk meter. Personally, I was unfamiliar with the majority of this story and the events it was covering, so as I mentioned, a lot of what I saw and heard hit me differently than it may have to someone who lived it or to someone who remembers it more vividly. Regardless, the emotions that I felt throughout the trial of the Chicago 7 and the engagement that I had with it made for a pretty surreal experience. I suppose that's what Aaron Sorkin does best, but at a time when almost everything is incredibly divisive and it's rare that we get to see such a strong movie, it felt extra special to see a part of our history depicted so objectively, or so it seemed. Left, right, up, down, or somewhere in between, I feel confident in saying Aaron Sorkin brought cinema to Netflix with The Trial of the Chicago 7, and there's no other way around it. Moving performances from a gifted cast and a story that keeps your eyes glued to the screen makes for an absolute must-watch in a year when movies like this are hard to come by. Thanks to a fun and charming performance from Dylan O'Brien, Love and Monsters brings a refreshing take on what Earth's inevitable apocalypse could look like. Love and Monsters is rated PG-13. It is directed by Michael Matthews. It is categorized as an adventure, sci-fi, and romance, and comedy that runs one hour and 58 minutes long, and it stars Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, Michael Rooker, and Dan Ewing. Love and Monsters comes in at an 85% full on the milk meter. While the story felt pretty predictable more times than I would have liked, it never took away from my ability to enjoy the setting, the circumstances, the story, or the characters. I can't say that I felt particularly attached to anyone outside of Dylan O'Brien, but he played off of everyone well enough that it made his relationships get the proper point across. By the end of the movie, it was abundantly clear that the plan is to expand upon this apocalypse and release at least one more installment, and while I stand in favor of discovering more monsters and the fight against them to take back Earth, one thing that seemed to pull this first chapter down was how safe it played everything. Yes, it needed to establish Joel's story and the new world he's living in, but even early on, it was very apparent to me that they were setting up for a sequel, more than they were trying to tell a strong and thorough one-off story. Again, Love and Monsters' predictability didn't ruin anything for me, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. I'm just hopeful that a sequel expands upon this strong start and doesn't just copy and paste what they've already done. So, is Love and Monsters worth the watch? If you like comedy adventures that take place during an apocalypse, supplemented by an enjoyable performance by its lead, there's no reason to believe you won't enjoy Love and Monsters. That's all I have for news, reviews, and my first ever ranking. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already. Share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter this week. And for the podcast next week, remember you can see Rebecca on Netflix this Wednesday and Borat 2, or Borat Subsequent Film, on Amazon Prime this Friday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. Hasta la vista.